<laughs> oh my gosh. Hi there, everybody. My name is Ben Hawes, and this is Life in Bold. This is the show where I get to connect you to inspiring people who are doing the work to live the lives they've imagined. I'm going to get to the bottom of what makes each person special and how they are living their lives in bold. On a personal note, I want to thank everybody for listening to my solo episode last week. For those of you who gave me feedback on the episode and told me that you liked it, I want to tell you that I hear you and that I'm working to make this podcast a safe place for you, for me, and for the guests who come on to talk about what they're doing to live their lives in bold. Today is a good one, friends. As you may know, I turned 30 this summer, and our guest today is Michelle Arno, who is turning 30 in just a few months. We get real about what it's like transitioning into this new decade while working to be happy for our friends and family who have more traditional accomplishments in life. We talk about quality friends, the idea of jealousy, being queer and creative, and more as we discuss our lives and our current priorities and dreams. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you know, we've got new episodes coming out every other Monday with the goal of fostering vulnerability, sharing laughs, and motivating us all to go out there and live our lives in bold. So without further ado, please welcome to the podcast, my good friend, Michelle Arno. Get in here, Marno. Okay. This episode is one that I'm really excited about. I did my solo episode last week and I had a lot of fun hearing the feedback for it about just, you know, doing more to share my story, my authentic thoughts on what I'm doing to live my life in bold. And I really feel like anytime I have any kind of like transition like this, I bring on the one and the only Michelle Arno or Marno for short. And I'd love for Marno to say hi. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, it's me, Marno. I'm back, baby. And Marno, I know you've had like quite a week. How are you doing? Like, how are you arriving to this podcast recording today? I don't even know if I can put it into words, but I will tell you it is a very different vibe than what I was planning for when you first asked me to come back on the pod. Uh, my whole <laughs> life has kind of turned upside down in the past week. I mean, in, there's a lot of good happening as well. Mm-hmm. A lot to be grateful for a lot that I can look to and focus on to keep me going. But, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you just, <laughs> you stuff, stuff just happens, you know, what I'm stuff saying? happens. And that's, you know, this podcast is a place where we're holding space for that. And we don't always have to be positive. We don't always have to be hilarious. Although I think today yeah. might be a little bit hilarious. Um, and <laughs> I, I just want to make sure you're feeling good as we come into this podcast and I'm sure you'll share more as your life unfolds a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, you trust if I if I was not up to record I would have been like I can't do it you know I believe but you. I think yeah I think I have just the right amount of energy mm-hmm. to pull this one off you know what I mean yeah totally and you're a professional broadcaster right so you have your I mean, I'm YouTube gonna get the channel. job done right you're gonna get the job done you're gonna be better than half the people out there let's not let's not uh get people too excited (laughs) and now welcoming to the stage marno (laughs) just kidding i one time when i had my podcast when i was uh like 22 or 23 
I was just starting to get used to doing podcasts and recording my voice. And I realized that every time, no matter what the situation was, when I was recording my voice, it sounded like I was like bringing out Beyonce onto stage at Coachella. Like I was constantly like pumping things up, being like extremely excited, introducing things. And sometimes you just have to like take it back, be real and just like take a deep breath. I was watching a um, TED talk or I was watching a YouTube channel the other day because last weekend I had this huge like reading and writing retreat and I was this radio coach, somebody that was like coaching people through finding their authentic voice, which is what I've been on a journey to do. And she recommended that if you're looking to find your authentic voice, you just take a second and sigh. And when you sigh, deep down there is where your authentic voice is. And so that's what I've been trying to do is just take a moment to sigh and bring in my authentic voice. Like wait, the breath sound or she said like vocalize while sighing? Like when you sigh, things like get lower and deeper within your body. Like if I'm constantly up here and I'm saying like, okay, Marno's on the show. That's like one thing. But if I sigh and take a moment and then I say, today we have Marno on Life in Bold. It just, it feels more true to who I am. And for me, that tip worked because I feel like some, so I'm so up here all the time and it helped me get down here, like into my heart and, and soul and my belly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's totally like science and biology, like anatomy wise, it makes sense from even just like a vocal perspective because yeah. in singing like I mean I'm not a singer I didn't study singing but just from, like, uh, you're a choir. singer <laughs> well I, I mean I'm not like trained right in singing other than being in choir and from what I learned during those years was you have your chest voice and you have your head mm. voice and your chest voice is usually I believe for most people the voice that they would just relaxingly speak in so yeah. mine I'm a total alto because I have like one, like the lowest female vocal range. And like when I speak, you hear it too, but I can go into my head voice. And that's when I'm like, ah, like it's very breathy, mm-hmm. not like, oh yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. you can totally hear the tonal difference. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, what you're saying completely makes sense. Obviously when you're speaking in your true voice it's going to just even resonate in your brain and click better because mm-hmm. you're just being like, no, no frill. Yeah. Um, but then also, yeah, like literally in your anatomy, it's like, yeah, it's like lower, deeper, closer to my core. Yeah. Well, how old were you when you were doing choir? Uh, high school. So from, I started sophomore year. So probably 16 to 18. Yeah. But I mean, I also had like 10 years of piano mm-hmm. lessons before that. So I was definitely tuned in to how sounds should sound. Yeah, totally. Well, today's topic is something that's really close to my heart because in June I turned 30 years old. Um, and I know that you are turning 30 in January, which <laughs> right now it's September. So it's the clock is a ticking. I feel like we're like equal distance from I'm I'm like a few months ahead of being or I'm a few months 
what's the word behind ahead? Am I behind being 30? I'm ahead of being 30. I'm across. I'm across the, the threshold of being 30 and you're a couple months before. Um, and I thought it would be interesting for us to talk about our reflections on that and how we feel about being 30 and how we're comparing our lives to other people who might be 30 as well, which is like a really big topic in my mind. I think that as a human, it's very natural to look at other people and what they're doing and what they have um, and, and start to compare yourself. Um, but I wanna explore that and unpack that a little bit um, and see what our perspectives are on. But I wanted to ask you, you know, I love being 30 so far. I feel like I've done a lot of work around collaborating on my creative projects. I have this life, this life in bold podcast is really a product of what I've been imagining for myself as I've been 30. And I feel like creatively, I've just achieved a lot more than I did in maybe the previous years. Um, I'm curious to know, going into 30, how are you feeling about the age of turning 30? I mean, I always growing up until just maybe like five-ish years ago, always was under the impression that I'd follow, you know, the same path and timeline that my parents did. And they got married at 28, had me at 30, had my sister at 32. Like, you know, it was very just like as cookie cutter, I guess, as it could get Mm -hmm. in terms of like the average age that those events happen and it wasn't until like mid-20s where I was like well hmm, this doesn't seem (laughs) you know to be the path that I'm on and so kind of feeling confused about that but as we all have experienced the past three years has been just completely overturning of my life yeah (laughs) and I've discovered myself a lot more so my perspective has changed a lot and at this point I'm like completely comfortable where I am approaching Mm -hmm. 30 but me five years ago even would have been freaking the fuck out that like there was no way I was getting married anytime soon and so that means my biological clock is ticking away and if I can't Mm -hmm. afford to freeze my eggs I'm not gonna have my own kids like biologically and uh, you know that whole thing that I'm kind of releasing and not putting expectations on myself in those regards because the world might just fucking end in the next 10 years anyway you know what I mean like we it's it's really seriously at that point so I'm like (laughs) what happens will happen and whatever so you know it but it's made it easier um you know, in the past week, something has happened that is making it hard to like go into that next stage of my life. But Mm -hmm. there is a lot happening right now. I'm moving into a new apartment in LA and that's really exciting. And that's something that I wanted to accomplish before I turned 30. I was like, I Mm want to be back on my own. Like, Mm -hmm. thank you so much parents for letting me live rent-free during the pandemic. So I don't pandemic. But I think, you know, I, it's, it's time. And so I'm really excited for that. And obviously with that is going to come so much more change. And I think, I mean, I'm doing my Saturn return right now. That is the, you know, astrological time that I'm in. So I'm just kind of really radically accepting to steal from like, I think Gaga is where I first heard that term. Radical acceptance. 
Yeah, I'm just like this situation that I'm in, that I'm being put in right now, I've unfortunately been in before. And it's so as I'm approaching 30, it's kind of like a <laughs> I'm there, I'm almost 30. Like yeah. kind of been there, done that, roll with the punches, things will end up all right. Luckily, I'm smart with my money and you know, mm-hmm. I I prepare for these unfortunate things because it's happened to me before you know so like that was the point of living with my parents and saving up and saving up and Mm -hmm. losing my goddamn mind yeah right now totally I think that's something that's interesting as you age as you turn new ages as you get older is really this idea of priorities and how our priorities shift And, you know, when I was 20, I had certain priorities. And now that I'm 30, I have certain priorities. When I'm 40 or 50 or 60, I'll have different priorities. I think for me, like, I I think my understanding of my priorities has shifted and improved. I think when I was 20 or 25, I was very focused on building a professional career that was going to be like very lucrative and I was going to be working a lot. And like my day job was going to be something that in my mind was giving me a lot of fulfillment. And these days I have a job that I, I really do love my job. It's, I have great friends at work. It's virtual. I can work from home. I have a lot of work-life balance. Um, but I don't want my job to be my identity. And I've put so much of my effort emotionally into my own creative projects. And I have dreams of my creative projects being successful, but at the same time, my love for them is not contingent on the success of the projects. And I would say that those two would, those two things would be like my main shifts and priorities. I'm not doing the podcast like to get famous. Although if I get famous from the podcast, who knows? I'll love that. But like, I'm working on making sure that I'm actually able to connect with people deeply and that I'm able to have great conversations. And even through therapy and like I talked about in my last episode, my life coaching, really getting clear on my story. I think that when I was 25 or 20, I was avoiding a lot. And now that I'm 30, I think it's really important that if I'm going to share these parts of myself, that I'm able to share the whole story and that I'm clear on it myself. And so my priorities you know, that are different at 30 than they were before. And I'm curious to know your priorities as a human these days in life. Yeah. I mean, I totally, I'm just like nodding my head because yes, yes, yes. Like I, you know, it totally all resonates. Those are, I would say, I think you just (laughs) named like all of my priorities. It's, it's finding myself and not have that depend on how I make money. Mm, Yeah. Um, You know, because I mean, even just this week, I really had to figure out, you know, given the financial landscape, that's a thing too. Like deep down in my heart, my priority can always be, you know, like my number one priority will always be like, making art Mm -hmm. spreading joy like I mean that's just like all I could want to do Mm -hmm. but I also need to prioritize my Mm well-being and survival and so when we're approaching like well we're in a recession and just you know going further 
down. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I need to then shift my priorities. And unfortunately, it's like really making me think like, okay, I guess, yeah, yeah, those priorities have changed in the past mm-hmm. year. Where me a year ago was like, do you know what? I'm going to, I'm living at home rent free. I'm going to try and, you know, be an artist, do this, do that. I got totally, you know, all of that changed because then it moved in like my casual little gig at a art studio turned into a more serious role. And so it wasn't for fun on the side anymore. And I, you know, priorities shifted with the responsibility that I took on. Yeah. So yeah, me a year ago, priorities were so incredibly different and, you know, I'm about to start paying rent for the Mm -hmm. first time in years that financial burden needs to be paid for. So Mm -hmm. like, there's just, yeah. So unfortunately my main priority (laughs) probably (laughs) going forward yeah, making making money to survive this recession. Yeah, it is interesting how money comes into a conversation like this because people make moves and they're almost all funded by money. You know, people have huge weddings and everybody's comparing this wedding to that wedding. People are buying homes and they're making decisions about where they want to live with their husband or their wife or whoever they're living with. And they are going on vacations. You see the Instagram, you see the, the, the vacations on Instagram and it is all, a lot of it is funded by, I mean, obviously all of it is funded by money and you start to think about like, Oh, what does that person do for work? Or like, what kind of support does that person have from their parents? Or, you know, you just start to think and you're like, Oh, how could I get that? Or why don't I have that? And, you know, we all have, like, we're talking about priorities. And for, for me, like my priority is living alone and not having roommates. And that's an expensive priority to have. And so I'm not always able to go to the Harry Styles concert when I want to, (laughs) you know? And so we have to like be making these changes. And, you know, I know that a lot of people are, being irresponsible with how they spend money that they either have or don't have. And they're putting trips on credit cards. They're putting, you know, um, things that they're doing, winning, like, you know, just, I feel like people are accomplishing so many things. Um, And it's hard to, to look at that, you know, on Instagram or just honestly, like in real life texting with friends that I'm really close with. Um, And I've come to a place where I've realized that I'm not really jealous of them, you know, especially when it comes to like family stuff, marriage stuff, like those kinds of milestones. I have not put any work into getting married in my twenties. Like I have done almost no dating. I have, it hasn't been like we talked about, it hasn't been a priority for me. And for other people, I have plenty of friends who are married now and it would be it's like a really easy thing to think like oh my god I'm behind but in reality like that was something they worked hard for over the course of their 20s and now they're married and they might have a couple of kids and they might own a house and you know that's great for them and I have close Mm -hmm. friends who have achieved these things and it's just really interesting to to kind of go through that mindset journey of am I jealous do I wish I had what they had Um, And I'm curious your thoughts on that topic. Yeah. I mean, again, I feel (laughs) the exact same way. Like I'm just, I've realized, thank God, 
And I give a lot of this, I give myself a lot of credit for all these realizations I've had because I've spent so much time by myself, not in a romantic relationship and just Mm -hmm. learning to love me, honestly, Mm -hmm. that I just have accepted so hardcore that I'm just not at that point in my life. Mm -hmm. I do this exercise with myself when I do start to feel bad about those kinds of things. And I'm just like, if I woke up tomorrow and it was like a freaky Friday situation (laughs) where it was like, boom, or actually, you know, like a 13 going on 30 situation where it was like, boom, I'm like magically like at the age or whatever point. I don't know. You know, Yeah, I know what you're saying wake up and I'm married and have kids how the fuck would I feel and what would I think I missed out on like what do I not even understand I have planned in the back of my mind and I'm looking forward to that that lifestyle shift would take those experiences away and that's a lot of stuff when you start thinking about it yeah like I my whole life have always I always thought like since I was understood what being a mom was I was like I want to be a mom Mm -hmm. I want to know what it feels like to have a baby inside me and then hold it and it's like my like came for me like that was really something that I fantasized about I didn't know who I was marrying but I was like I want to have babies yeah um and you know then the past few years have happened and I'm just I've changed as a person or I've realized who I really am as a person that lifestyle that fits very easy with that plan to have babies when you're 30 is just simply not the lifestyle that I'm living yeah um and my goals are just different so yeah like my sister for instance is engaged she got engaged earlier this year we're planning her wedding she's getting married next year like I am so like tears in my eyes constantly thinking about it happy for her mm-hmm. I love her fiance our families get along like it's best case scenario mm-hmm. and I'm not jealous at fucking <laughs> all right because first of all, like even just like the wedding alone I'm like I can't afford that mm-hmm. Like that couldn't be me. Like I couldn't for, be further away from how my sister's life is right now, but I love her and her journey so much. And also on the selfish end, I really want them to have babies so I can be an auntie and mm-hmm. you know, just, those are my children. Those will mm-hmm. be my children. You know, yeah. like if I'm being really, really, really realistic and a little bit pessimistic with myself, like I'm not going to have kids and those will be the children that I dote on, you know, Mm -hmm. who knows what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen, but just realistically for where I'm at right now. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Like I would love for that to happen. I want to be the Mm -hmm. fun aunt. So Uh, you're making me, I am getting emotional (laughs) as you talk about that because I feel like I similarly have always had thoughts on if I want kids or if I don't want kids. And if I did have kids, here's how I would raise them. And, you know, I've been joking, you know, with friends and family that if I get married, it'll be when I'm in my fifties, because I just feel like I have such a journey on my own to live. And I'm such an independent person. And like, I, to be honest with you, I do want to be dating, but I don't think my goal of dating is to like find someone and fall in love and start a family and like 
live with them forever. Although maybe if that happened, then great. But like, I think my, my goal for dating is really more just like, I just want to be meeting more people. I want to get more involved with more queer people. And like, I just want to like live more of my life in bold. And like my brother just had a baby. TM. Yeah. <laughs> my brother. And, and I'm wife... getting that check, baby. I'm getting yeah. that. <laughs> For those that don't know, which maybe you probably do if you're a listener, Marno is the creator of the name Life in Bold. Um, and, but my brother had a, had, my brother and his wife just had a baby and I haven't met the baby, but I, I'm really excited to. But I had this thought that like, when I hold the baby for the first time, it will be an interesting moment because as a queer person, as a gay person, the likelihood that I'll have my own like biologically connected baby of my my own, and I only mean my own in the like biological sense um, is low. Like the likelihood is low, especially just because me as a person, you know, I feel like I, don't really want kids. And I feel like I'll be really connected to this kid and I'm excited to have a relationship with him, but it, I can't help but wonder, <laughs> to quote Carrie Bradshaw, um, I couldn't help but wonder what the role of being queer plays in this whole conversation of comparing myself to people and you know people having these life accomplishments. Because I noticed as I was even preparing for this podcast recording, a lot of the people that I think of when I'm thinking of comparing myself to people are my straight friends. And literally <laughs> same. Yeah. Yeah. It's... That's problem number one. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Once I like... realized that, like yeah. during like lockdown time, and when I was like, holy shit. First of all, I'm even more queer than I ever thought I was. Uh-huh. And no fucking wonder. Yeah. It's like I, I was I, I had a work happy hour and I was talking to another gay co-worker and I was saying another this, gay. <laughs> and I was saying this this thought I was like oh my god all my friends are married and have kids and he was like how many of them are queer and I was like oh like it was just an interesting realization that I think I hadn't really totally put two and two together and I'm curious to know your th- just overall thoughts on like do you think it plays a big role? Like, what have you seen in your own life? What have you seen in like the media or any reading you've done? Like, I'm actually in this moment kind of want to learn from you about what you might think about this. I mean, I feel like we could do an even deeper dive, but like, I mean, for this podcast today, I can just share like in my own life. I mean, yeah the people that are I think everyone that is married that Mm -hmm. was like someone I went to high school or college with at least from what I can remember are in straight relationships at least you know like I don't want to assume people's um uh, what am I uh sexual orientations but like from the outside you know um cisgendered appearing straight couples Mm -hmm. I don't think I even know a family like that has children that is a same sex couple. I can't, I really like, I'm thinking Mm. I could be just forgetting, but I mean, just that alone is like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do know 
queer couples. Uh, they, yeah, it's just, I think there's a whole different mindset that usually goes along with being queer. Yeah. And that is that nothing is fucking promised. Yeah. Uh, so you just kind of try to live your best life and whatever, you know, it's not following necessarily the biological clock, mm-hmm. I think is a huge uh, factor in that because yeah. around this time of you know late 20s early 30s is when it's like the, kind of the last big dance for the gals or the uh yeah people that got those ovaries they're just gonna <laughs> start they're gonna stop doing their thing so you know it just makes sense that in a relationship where the default is to have biological children mm-hmm. that the woman would be around this age Mm-hmm. to have the babies and you know in a traditional relationship in our society that means you're married so it's mm-hmm. like it just it all has to happen like really fast <laughs> I also feel like straight people had a head start in understanding love and understanding relationships and I remember I came out of the Completely. closet when I was 19 and I remember I felt so young I didn't feel like I had the teenage years of like flirting with people and like dating and having a first kiss and and all of those things and when I came out it was like I felt like I was a 11 year old like I felt like Mm -hmm. I was so young and I actually just wrote an article that I'm going to be publishing soon on my new blog which is a written accompaniment to life and bold podcast um that I'll share more about in the future but um there's a story that I tell about asking a girl out when I was a sophomore in high school. And I feel like growing up, I thought that girls were my only option. I thought that the only way to be normal or to live a future would be to marry a woman, which is so ridiculous. Find love. Yeah. It was the only way to find love was to, for it to be with a woman. And it, it always made me feel like there was something wrong with me that like, I, and and it, I think as I grew up and as I, started to come to terms with the fact that I was gay I didn't also have a ton of people to look to not a lot of role models to see you know my my brother who was straight and all of my parents friends were straight couples and so he had tons of people to look to as examples of what his love could look like and my mom did have a set of gay man friends (laughs) and a set of gay woman friends Um, and so I did have them but I wasn't extremely close to them Um, But even then it was just one example, you know, of two men falling in love with each other and getting married. And I feel like that really does play a role in this conversation about growing up and getting older and like comparing myself to people who in reality have been at this a lot longer than me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can completely relate and I like totally think yeah, being queer just changes your life in so many ways, usually. Yeah. And like, I haven't been dating throughout my 20s. And as I've realized, I'm queer. So it's like, not only do I not know how to date as an adult, I just also (laughs) don't know how to date as a queer person, (laughs) really, you know, and like, I that's why I'm like, excited for moving out and like being Mm -hmm. in LA and like, being closer to friends and just like the opportunities to potentially meet a partner or just like someone to hang out with. Yeah. You know, are going to be increased. Yeah. 
yes I yeah to just have a, a fun i know i wish like, i could be your companion <laughs> likewise <laughs> what do you what do you think about also you know we talked about being queer but we're also both creative people you know we're both pursuing art and creativity as a path for how we spend our time and I think that is also different than a lot of people that I know a lot of people are totally fine going and being a finance person and making a lot of money and you know just being a people manager at a company and that's a great path for them and I feel like for us we want to find fulfillment and we feel like we have to have this this we have this desire to be you know happy for whatever word for whatever that word means and we have this desire to like be true to ourselves and i wonder where that comes from you know because for me i can't imagine a world where i'm not spending time creating and i also you know i'm having a hard time imagining a world where i create professionally where that's my main source of income and so i'm kind of on this half and half like life where I'm doing my day job to make sure that I can, I can survive, but then I'm doing my creativity so that I can survive. And it's just this weird dichotomy of like things that I don't think everybody deals with. I don't think everybody has that challenge. Yeah. I think that has to do with everyone having their main like outlet when they're not working, they're doing what? And I think for creative people and artists, the default so much of the time is going to be making art because that's mm -hmm. what makes us feel alive. Not everyone feels that way when they make art. A lot of people feel frustrated. It's something they need to work at. Maybe they'll feel mm -hmm. that way one day, but not now. And so that might be through watching TV or reading a book or dating. And mm -hmm. that's something mm -hmm. I've realized too, is just like, I simply to be very selfish and real if I go on a date and it ends up being a fucking bust, I'm going to regret not mm. spending all that time working on a creative project, doing something for me. I just hate wasting time. Mm -hmm. And even if it means like I got to relax and sit at home and hang out with my dog and watch TV, I hate having regrets. And I just... <laughs> And I, I'm not even speaking from experience because I like truly have not dated that much, but it just so happens that the very few dates I've gone on, other than when I had like my one teenage relationship, they were just not good. So it's just like, I, it's not been a priority. And luckily my priorities have shifted along with, you know, my desire to not waste my time <laughs> yeah to not waste your time I know one like thing some that people I, and even just like the dating apps yeah the amount no. of time people spend on dating apps yeah. I could not like that couldn't be me mm -hmm, I no. hate it I have almost never had a truly successful experience on a dating app and I've put in like quite some effort and like even like building my profile like that's my favorite part of a dating app is building my profile and like choosing the pictures and like basically like marketing myself as like a product and <laughs> but like the actual swiping the actual conversations like I put up a TikTok the other day of like I can't remember what the sound was, but it was kind of like a shocked sound when somebody actually messages me back. Like I might message somebody, but if somebody messages messages me back, like I'm instantly like, what are you, I'm not going to mess. I, I don't know. It's like, 
I, there's a big disconnect with my own style and and dating apps. Like I don't really want to actually meet people on a dating app. I was with a friend the other day for lunch. We got acai bowls and smoothies. Um, and um, I, and, I, and and she asked me, she was like, are you dating? Um, and I said, no, but I want to be, which was a big step. Usually I get like either awkward or I say, no, I'm not me dating too. or whatever. But like, I actually just like spat out like, no, but I want to. And I feel like that is a sign that I'm like, you know, getting a little bit closer to ready to spend time with people in that way. But um she was she I was like yeah I'm, I might like ask people to set me up or um I might you know use the dating apps or whatever and she was like she said this was just a nice thing that she said that I actually kind of totally believe but she was like I feel like you're not gonna meet somebody by being set up or by going on dating apps like I feel like you're gonna meet somebody in some like spectacular way like um and I was telling her about my favorite celebrity Ross Matthews and how he met his husband in like Puerto Vallarta in the pool, like, and it was just this like weird thing where they're both on vacation and they just met and it was an instant connection. And I feel like that's kind of closer to like what I'm thinking is probably more likely to, to happen. Not necessarily that it'll be on vacation, but it'll be like some weird thing where we're both somewhere alone or something like that. And actually I went to a taping of the Drew Barrymore show the other day. And there was this guy who was like a page there and I don't know, I, I mean, he was wearing a mask, so I don't even know exactly what he looked like, but he, I was so attracted to him because he was playing, he was playing little piano notes on his fingers while the songs were playing, like, like, you know, like, I don't know, Katy Perry would be playing or like Rihanna would be playing or something. And he was walking around just like really musical. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cute that he's like really that into music that he's like, feeling it that much and I thought like okay that's a thought that is a thought that I thought someone was cute I didn't do anything about it but it's a step that I had the thought because I don't always have the thought um and I yeah I don't know dating apps I don't know it's just not really it doesn't feel like the direction for me likewise I've always been like I'm gonna meet someone in person it's not gonna be online like maybe it'll be like on like Instagram through a friend like I've heard yeah. of multiple people that were like someone saw someone tagged in their friend's picture and it was like mm-hmm. a mutual friend and then they messaged them like maybe that mm-hmm. as far as like online yeah. but I really think like for me personally to have a connection with someone even like non-romantically just like you know as a friend I yeah. I really love to like feel their energy, not to be like woo woo, but like just be in person together, whatever it is, the unspoken science, magic, whatever, I guess it's pheromones and hormones and all that stuff, but (laughs) unspoken (laughs) when, when two people who connect on some type of level are in person face to face, there's something undeniable there. And I just, it's like, if I don't, feel that in my like being the pool then it's really hard for me to care mm-hmm. to check the dating apps like I know and that's like maybe mean but like just to be honest like if I don't care about something it's probably gonna make me forget more but also yeah. like everyone that's listening to this I'm also very forgetful but it's like so don't feel, don't think I just like don't care, but it's like when it comes to talking to strangers, yeah, that's the thing. I think it's because it's 
Yeah, obviously people that I don't know. It's yeah. like, I care about the people in my life and I want to spend my energy talking to them and hanging out with them. Mm-hmm. So it's like a friend of a friend would be great because it's like I so know. much easier to just like still get to experience. I don't want to take away time that I spend with other people because I know myself and I know I need so much time by myself. Yeah. And that's just like being self-aware. And so I don't explode on people. Like I need time to recharge on my own. Yeah. So that being said, that's less time to spend with my friends. And then if you add dating in there, it's like, no, I'm never going to see my friends. If it, I really like, you know. Yeah. I love what you say that like dating. for us dating, some people like dating. We like creating exactly. and it yeah. rhymes. Boom. Oh my gosh. Some people like dating. I like creating. Put that on a shirt. When, well, when we finally start our shirt company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So here, I wonder from your perspective, because, you know, we're 30 years old. We're on either side of 30 years old. And people in our lives have done a lot. People have purchased homes. People have gotten married. People have had kids. Uh, have they moved to New York? Have they been a right. high profile nanny? Have they, you right. know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just not the same. Yeah. So that's my question is that there's a lot of tradition around celebrating the things that they've done, but there's not a lot of tradition around celebrating the things that we've done. And I think I love getting someone a gift when they have a baby, or I love, you know, coming up with what I want to do for someone for their wedding for someone that I really love. Um, And when I turned 30, I actually had this big conversation with my two friends, Kelly and Stephanie, and we were talking about like how, when is the next event in my life that I'm going to be showered with gifts (laughs) or people are going to give me money or send me cards or, or, or whatever. And I think my friend Kelly and Stephanie took it really seriously and they put together like, you know, kind of a fundraiser for me and they planned my birthday trip and, you know, it was very nice and I felt very loved, very special, very celebrated but I'm curious to know, you know, from if you're not someone's like absolute best friend, like if you're somebody who you would be invited to their baby shower or their wedding or whatever, what are some ways that those people can celebrate people who are not having those classic milestones? I think either you have, if you are craving that and you desire to be celebrated, then you have to learn to be the kind of person that's willing to just throw a party for any goddamn reason. And I love those kinds of people. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, of course you can do whatever the fuck you want with your own time and money. So I think that is one way. And I think another way that kind of just unfortunately gets lumped into all of the celebrations, but I think that's a big part of what pride month is and pride celebrations. It's just like, we don't match up always with these big milestones and we maybe don't get to celebrate then, but that's why it's so important to celebrate and unite and come together during pride because that is your found family. That is, you know, connecting with queer people, I think is always a huge celebration in itself Mm -hmm. um i think when queer people interact you just feel like emotional no matter what because it's like a miracle that the meeting has happened you Mm -hmm. know for those two individuals to be in the same place at the same time and conversing and having just joy like experiencing joy for because of queerness 
is not some it's just simply not something you can find every single place because mm-hmm. obviously there's homophobia and there's homophobia <laughs> yeah i think I, i've been like little thing I feel like really lucky to have friends who are always willing to celebrate me. And, you know, I have one friend in mind, my friend Elena, who kind of checks the boxes of everything we've been talking about. She is married. She has three kids. She um, owns her home. And I've, I've been so excited to celebrate her for all three of those things. But for me, what makes, what makes the worth, what makes the friendship so worthwhile is how willing she is to celebrate my little things too and not my I'm not saying little compared to her things I'm saying my little things like everyday celebrations like I got (laughs) some kind of good news at the doctor today and I texted her and she was so excited to hear it and we had a conversation about it and it made me so happy to just know that she cares about my life as much as I care about her life and I think sometimes it can feel like there's an imbalance when one person is coming with an army of their whole family and they have dogs and kids and, you know, all of that stuff. And I'm coming just as a single person. It can sometimes lead me to feel like I'm somehow less important, but when people take, go out of their way to make me feel important, it does really validate why I'm friends with those people. Mm-hmm. And I think that all comes down to communication. Yeah. Like I, so many times I've seen people be upset that a relationship not even just romantically but like friendship wise isn't as strong Mm -hmm. but you always have to remember that there just needs to be communication like Mm -hmm. all you have to do is say hi once in a while and eventually it'll be a hi oh my god you'll never believe what (laughs) happened you know what I mean like um I think it's a lot easier now with social media too because we kind of all are a little bit tuned in to our friends at least the ones that post about their lives yeah um, and so, but yeah, I totally feel that with like people who you're like, whoa, can we even like, are we going to start to like not have a connection yeah. just because our lives are so different? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's yeah. interesting to think about because obviously as the kids get older, like it, they only take up more and more of a parent's life, you know? Yeah, right. Totally. I would love to close this out with a final question, um, which is future oriented as we talk about our next few years in life. Um, For me, when I think about what I want in my future in the next five years, it's really similar to the answer I gave about my priorities and what I want to figure out. I have a deep, deep, deep desire in the next five years to connect with people more deeply. Um, I want to share my story. I want to share parts of myself that I probably haven't really shared in my 20s, Um, parts of my story that have been more painful or more awkward or harder to share, maybe not so positive. And I think for me, that feels very challenging. But, um, you know, like Brene Brown says, what stands in the way becomes the way. And I think that if I'm able to let that piece of myself be out in the world that it will come back to me in a, in a good way, not even in terms of success or numbers or followers or listeners or whatever, but just like, I think I'm going to kind of define success as my ability to connect with people. Um, and just gain clarity in who you yeah. are. Yeah. I think there's such a power in like saying things publicly which (laughs) it's not for everyone yeah it's definitely not (laughs) not for everyone 
But anytime I've been really afraid to publish like a poem, even like mm-hmm. I used, there were, I used to just like write, 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 write on medium. Um, there's a release that is unmatched, like to know like anyone could now read this. And this is yeah. reflecting some like deep emotions or mm-hmm. even just like a poem that has a story that I made up completely. Mm-hmm. It's still something that came from me. And I think, yeah, like you writing out these stories and experiences that you've never shared before. Yeah. The fact that you are going to be sharing it with unlimited amounts of people, you know, like, yeah, anybody it's can out see it. there. Any can, anyone can see it and it can affect anyone in different mm-hmm. ways, you know, and connect with people in different ways yeah it's there it's just like that's what art is all about like making something saying something connecting for whatever reason making people think I think for me also with my writing which is something I I feel like writing for me I've always loved writing but you know flashback five years ago I was writing such articles about like work and like company culture and like this random stuff that I thought was going to be my path, but it's just totally not. But when I was writing um, on last Friday, I was writing an article about my family structure and what it was like growing up in my household and the fears that I had and, and all of these things. I felt like it was stuff that I have had packed in the back of my brain and in the deepness of my body that have been there for years and years. And I have no idea how that's affecting my health, how that's affecting my mindset to be so, is the word beholden (laughs) to these, like so tied to these stories that are like so deep within me um, that it actually felt like by writing it, it was literally coming out of my body into the world and it had less power over me. And I think that's that's going to be something that I'm going to really look forward to in the next like year, couple years. What are you looking forward to in the next few years? What am I? <laughs> I uh, for it to happen, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to life to just keep moving, especially mm-hmm. right now. I mean, not to just like beat a dead horse, but like not having the best week. So like, but knowing things are going to keep moving. Things will keep happening. Things will be okay. I'm going on a freaking cruise for free next weekend. Like I have things to look forward to. My sister's getting married. I luckily I have savings. Mm -hmm. You know, no, no one wants to use their savings, but it's just like, I past me luckily has set things up. So current me doesn't need to be so scared for future me as we dive down deeper into a recession. Yes. <laughs> yes, 100%. Well, Michelle Marno, <laughs> I want to just totally thank you for coming on. I know it's been a hard week. And I mean, honestly, like the world out there is truly just some shit. Like it really is some shit. And I just hope that this podcast 
is a place that people can come to to get closer to who they are as a person and give them the courage to go out and live their life in bold. And if there's anybody out there who's listening to this podcast, maybe you know me, maybe you know Marno, maybe you know both of us probably. Um, I have a deep desire also to get some feedback on this podcast because the interesting thing about podcasting is like there's very little room for feedback unless people are like going back and commenting on your Instagram or personally texting you. Um, so I would love if you have leaving a way a to review. message you. Leaving a, a review. review. Yes, a yes. Review. Well, on Spotify, actually, you can just press five stars while you're listening to the episode. And it will that will help with the algorithm, help with people listening, all of that stuff. But if you have qualitative feedback as well, DM me. I would love to hear what you think about the direction of this podcast because it's something that's very deep and close to me right now. It's something that I'm using to find myself and I really want it to connect with other people as well. So I really uh, would appreciate feedback. And Marno, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I know, You're so welcome. <laughs> I know that it wasn't like our classic talks, but I really enjoyed learning from you and hearing what you have to say about these topics. And um, I feel like I'm better for it. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? They can find me everywhere at Studio Marno. That's, you know, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. StudioMarno.com is where I sell my art. Yes. Um, Studio Marno YouTube channel. I mean, I really think I'm going to film myself during this whole moving process. So if you're interested in like a moving diaries series, hopefully that happens. If not, it'll probably just be like TikToks and Instagram posts. Are you moving this weekend? I'm starting. Yeah. I, the, the great thing about moving out of my parents' house is there's no rush to really get Mm -hmm. out. So I'm, I'm taking it easy. I'm doing a little bit at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that's fantastic. I'm so excited to see all the content in your new place. You're going to have to get one of these phone cases that I told you about. That... I really do. I might need to get it before the cruise because yes. I think that oh, yeah. would come in handy. Because then you can stick it on the little cruise window. We and... actually have um, a balcony. Oh, a balcony. Well, for the listeners out there, maybe I'll get a sponsorship uh, for this <laughs> for this iPhone case because it's this like iPhone case that's like porous on the back and it's kind of sticky and you can stick it up to windows or stick it up to your computer monitor or like your refrigerator or wall. And then you can take all kinds of selfie videos. So that's what I've been working on um, is all my little selfie videos. And it's already worked out to be really helpful. I love it so much. I need to get one. Meow. Yeah. Sometimes I listen to podcasts and there's like a product or a book that like they're always talking about and maybe this will be mine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all the listeners out there. We went longer today because Marno and I can chat forever. Um, I hope you enjoyed. I was like, what time are we at? (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I hope you enjoyed the extended episode. We do have new episodes coming out every other Monday with some bonus episodes sprinkled in there. You can follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at Hustle with Ben. Once again, that is Hustle with Ben. Ben is spelled B-E-N. And I hope you have a great day, an even better week, and do not forget to live your life in bold. Bye. Bye.